Welcome to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming live to CHD TV. I am your host, Bernadette Pager, coming to you on the eve of New Year's Eve. As I like to say, it is New Year's Eve Eve. And, you know, this the theme of this show is really exciting. It's be brave and be healthy. This year, folks, I want your New Year's resolutions to include you are just going to stand up and stand for truth. And you are not going to believe how easy it is once you take that first step. Taking that first step and doing something slightly outside your comfort zone that you know is the right thing to do, but it's not something you've done before, that's a little bit nerve wracking. But once you do it, you think, why on earth was I really so scared to do this? And wow, I feel good. So we're going to encourage you today to really look at the new year as this opportunity to to be your best self and help wherever you live really be that community that it needs to be, you know, that that free community we thought we all lived in, right? Okay. So today I have got a guest host for two hours. Um, Javier Figueroa is not able to be with us, but hey, Javier out there. Um, so I'm bringing on Zoe O'Toole. Um, Zoe, hi, Zoe. There she is. Hey, Bernadette. So good. Thank you for joining me um, as co-host of today's show. You um, work now with uh, Children's Health Defense, as yes. as I do sort of in different, you know, there, there are all these informal relationships, informal relationships with Children's Health Defense. It's, it's a great army of people supporting that great organization. But you're formally with them at this stage. Yes. Yes, right now I am working as the publisher liaison, which is the perfect position for me because I'm passionate about books. Yeah. And so I have a lot to do with the books that we produce. Oh, that is. And so, yeah, in the next hour, I want to talk more about uh, some of the books um, that you've overseen and books that are coming out. Um, I do want to mention because I, everybody needs a copy and you need to buy two or three hundred spare copies to hand out wherever you go. The book you helped edit turtles all the way down vaccine science and myth it is such a brilliant book it's got an anonymous author or authors or authors exactly or authors, we don't know <laughs> but everything zoe that you and i and so many people in the the medical freedom and vaccine safety reform movement everything we've been trying to educate everybody about as far as these products go and the problems with how these products are tested or not tested and and how science has become corrupt, it's there. It's in yeah. one book. And once people understand that, they're like, okay, this is a consumer protection pro uh, problem. This exactly. is a federal oversight problem. Let's tackle it. It doesn't, you don't have to be pro or anti the use of these tools. You just have to be pro or anti. Do we have safe tools and are they being properly studied? Right. 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 Okay. And we find that that's true across many industries now. You know, yeah. Regulatory agencies are captured by the right. organizations they're supposed to be overseeing. Right. And, and you know, we, we pay these entities and agencies with our taxpayer dollars to protect us. They're supposed to stand between us and the consumer. 
Um, I mean, us and the manufacturers or whatever. And do you know who else is supposed to stand right in the middle there? The media. Yeah. The, the fourth yeah. estate. Journalism, right? right? Yep. Journalism, ethical journalism. journalism. You know, in the past, journalists didn't trust government. They went to press conferences thinking, I'm not going to believe what's coming out of your mouth, right? Because yep. that's their job is yep. to think critically, question everything, find the corruption, not to be puppets, you know, but so much to change, but I'm excited about 2023 because so many more people are with us. And one of those amazing people who I probably wouldn't have met without COVID. So it's like, you know, from the ashes of disasters, or these are the best of times and these are the worst of times sort of philosophy. Mm. We have been given Kimberly Overton, who is our guest this hour. Kimberly Overton is a nurse. She worked in critical care and through when COVID hit um, and there she is. I'm going to let you explain it yourself. Kimberly, welcome back to an informed life radio. We've had you as a guest a couple of times. Um, And over the years, it's like two years. It's been amazing to see your progress of what you have done. Talk about stepping outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And I think I was just thinking about this, Bernadette. I think your show that I did, that was the very first interview that I did after starting Nurse Freedom Network. So to look at, you know, coming back and this is my third time on your show and just want to say thank you so much for supporting me all the way through. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) It's been an honor. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you are an inspiration. So give us a little bit first um, to the listeners who didn't meet you the first couple of times you were on that courageous journey you went on because you had to make some pretty huge life decisions. And then also give us the emotions of, you know, along the way. Yeah. So I I started, my background is in critical care. I was a registered nurse. I worked throughout the pandemic. I was directly caring for COVID patients throughout the pandemic. Um, And I started to become uncomfortable with the protocols that they were using in the hospitals, specifically the remdesivir um, was one that really just made me uncomfortable because, you know, by the time that they got to us in the hospital, we knew that this medication was not going to be effective as an antiviral. So it was not going to be effective when they are coming into the hospital several days into their symptomatic phase. But we see that this medication that we've long known to be nephrotoxic, it's damaging to the kidneys, and we see it making our patients sicker and sicker. So I started questioning, like, why are we continuing to use this protocol? It doesn't work. It's clearly doing more harm than good. Why are we continuing to use it? And why is the government financially incentivizing it? Um, All of that, while they're denying these patients these life-saving interventions with therapeutics like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which if they weren't going to work, they certainly weren't going to do any harm. They were safely used for decades prior to that. So all of that just made me so uncomfortable. And I could no longer sit by and watch my patients needlessly die any longer. I couldn't do it. It just became too much of a, a burden for me to bear. I couldn't watch it any longer. So I left bedside nursing, which is a career that I loved. This is all I've ever wanted to do since I was two years old. So it was that was not an easy decision in and, in and of itself, but I, I just couldn't do it any longer. I started working from home. Um, I worked from home doing telephone triage nursing, and I thought that that would be a good alternative for me. But there again, you start becoming uncomfortable with the protocols that they start asking you to use. They wanted us to recommend vaccination for everyone, for children. 
They wanted us not only to do that, but they wanted us to use the words that they were safe and effective. We had no way of knowing that, first of all. We had no way of knowing that we had no long-term safety data. So right out of the bed, that's not informed consent. And as a nurse, I felt very uncomfortable. And I refused, and, I, I just couldn't. Yeah, and you know, what I have learned um, since then is that actually using the term safe and effective to describe an emergency use um, product is against the emergency use regulations. You're, you they're not, so. yeah, they're not, you're not allowed to say it. And yeah. yet individuals were being made to say it. It's being, it's been said, it's still being said. Um, and it shouldn't but who's be. not allowed to say it? Is it the, the manufacturers that are not allowed to say it? Because so, that's often the case. And so they get everybody else to say it. Right. And, and that I'm glad you bring that up, Zoe, because when it comes to a licensed product, the limitations set by the FDA and the F um, the, and the food and drug and cosmetic act regarding advertising and labeling that pertains to the manufacturer and anybody working for the manufacturer, you know, the marketing agencies and whatever. Um, and, well, the government indirectly, but so far, nobody has attempted to make them stick by. And while we're here, while we're squirreling, I'm going to let you gals know, like gals, everybody out there listening, you know, we've got some, um, some draft legislation that we're working on in several states, which would actually make it so that government entities have to follow their own federal guidelines for what they say. So they can't get away with this, but we have to bring it down to the state level because the federal government with these federal regulations, have it, the FDA um, and EUA federal regulations cannot be enforced at the state level or by an individual. We can't sue to make it happen. Only the federal government, which means the Department of Justice can do it. And I don't see the DOJ going after the CDC or the FDA for what they're doing, right? So we have to bring the empowerment back to the to the state level. So I'm very excited about the potential of doing that. If the federal government is failing us, our states have to step in. And I suppose if the states fail us, we go back and, and at the county level, have the county um, have us step in. But with the emergency use authorization, it's really interesting when you go read those, the language in it is very broad. And it doesn't say the manufacturer shall when it comes to certain aspects of of what can be done with these EUAs. It just says, there's a whole section and it just says like the um, the marketing of these products. But, so it means it pertains to everybody. Sections of the EUA pertain to everybody, not just mm -hmm. the product manufacturer. And I've, I've checked with some attorneys who are up on this and they're the ones who kind of helped um, guide me to sort of understand what applies now, what we need to write some laws to make apply, right? We need to hold them accountable because no hospital should be able to tell a nurse like Kimberly, tell a patient that an emergency use product is safe and effective, right? I mean, that is horrific that this even happened. So sorry for interrupting, but that was a great point that oh, you no. made that they made you say something illegally. Right. They do. And I actually have this screenshot of like, they have a script on the protocol and I like screenshotted it and everything. I'm like, I cannot believe it said that. And, you know, with, with medications, we always were able to admit that they had side effects, that there were things that could happen, but it's like, that doesn't exist with vaccines. And I can't, under, I just can't understand it. But I, um, I couldn't do that. I wasn't going to do it. 
and I ended up just resigning from my position. I knew they were eventually, our calls were all recorded. Eventually they were going to probably fire me anyway, because I would go all around, you know, the world to not say anything to kind of hint at, don't get it. You know, you probably don't need it. You have, you have antibodies, you have natural immunity, you just had COVID. So I would kind of go all the way around the world about it. And eventually they would probably have dinged me for that. So, um, but I just realized, you know, my values do not align with my employers at this point. And I resigned from my position. And that was a difficult, it was a difficult choice. I didn't have the financial provisions to do that. I'm just a nurse. You know, I did not have the financial provisions to leave my security, my income. But I mean, at the end of the day, what is the alternative? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it wasn't an easy choice, but it was definitely a clear one. I, I'm so glad you bring that up because... We need people to understand who are in a position where they're not rich. If they walk away from something they know they're being told to do is wrong, they're going to be in this place of, of I'm not even sure how to describe it, where you, you, you indecision, uncertainty, um, you're at a loss what to do. You're a little bit scared. How am I going to pay my bills? This is a place you know you're going to be for an amount of time. And we need everybody to understand that that is a limited amount of time. And, you know, you can, when you're in that space, though, you can look yourself in, you look in the mirror and look in your eye and you're proud of yourself because by gum, you did what was right. Yeah. And, and then did you, did you find that if you had a community to support you at this, who believed in what you were doing? Was there community support or how did, how were you able to get out of that? Oh my gosh, what do I do now space and, and move forward? There wasn't a whole lot. There was less than I had expected. I will say that, um, you know, when I started nurse freedom network, I did that, you know, to stand against the vaccine mandates. And I'm, I'm thinking we've got to stand for all of these nurses. And then all I, I figured that the nurses would appreciate that. Um, they didn't. Not many of them did not appreciate it at all, and um, were not as supportive. Or some were supportive behind the scenes, but you know would not be so bold as to ever support me publicly. Um, so I, unfortunately, I didn't get that type of support that I thought. But then you know I did have some. It was like we we meet our tribe when we get into this fight, like you were saying, Bernadette. You know, we've I've met so many amazing people on this journey, and it's and it's you know it's been amazing to see how we've all been able to kind of grow together and, and really make strides. I think in this past year, we've made tremendous strides. I started out as a, a 501c3 with Nurse Freedom Network. Just recently, I was able to form a private membership association because that is the way that we are going to need to go moving forward. We have to get government out of the way. And, you know, through that, we're launching uh, remnant nursing. So we're launching concierge nursing services that are going to specialize in the consultation and care of the vaccine injured as well, because there's so many, these, these people are, are being just completely abandoned by their medical community. Nobody is taking care of them. So the benefit of remnant nursing is going to be twofold because it does provide that care for those who have been abandoned, but it also um, at the same time, it presents opportunities for these nurses and other healthcare workers who've been displaced due to the mandates or who just can no longer stand to work in this sick care system any longer. So it's, it's, and I mean, that's something that I, I, my eyes have been opened tremendously 
over the last two years. As you know, when I when I first started, came on your show, I was telling you about you know the vaccines and how I had been very pro-vaccine throughout my nursing career until I had to ask myself those difficult questions like, why are you so pro-vaccine? Mm-hmm. You know, it was just because we were told to be. We don't receive any education on vaccines. Yeah. And and that is, it, it's it's really interesting. And I'm trying to share, I'm not sure why it's pulling up. Maybe it just takes a few, oh, there it goes. Um, just a slight delay there. There's your remnant nursing services. And I had on a couple of weeks ago, others that have, are doing it similarly. They're setting up a medical practice as a ministry. Yes. And so I want to talk about, to you about that and what it means to you to have this be a ministry, not just a medical um, uh, you know, a, a way for people to get their medical, uh, care. And I had a thought that just went right out of my head. So I, I'll just let you continue until the thought comes Oh, you back. sound like me now, Bernadette. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling with that lately, but yeah, so we, we started, we are under, uh, our PMA is actually Nurse Freedom Network Ministries. So this is a ministry as well. And we are a faith-based private membership association. Um, and we're able to, to doing it this way, you know, we're able to provide these medical services and these nursing services um, for people. They're so distrustful of our healthcare system and rightly so they should be. They should be. Mm-hmm. If we think about um, the way our doctors and nurses have really abandoned their oath by using that terminology, safe and effective encouraging people to get this jab that we clearly see was harmful. We clearly see the damage that's been done. So many people have witnessed in their experience with the health, the, I don't want to even call it healthcare medical industry um, over the past couple of years, right before their eyes, they will have somebody in a clinic or hospital setting sort of whisper to them or say on the sly, yeah, I, don't do that. Or I don't, I don't agree with what's going on. And it's like, but why are you here? Why are you doing it? Why aren't you standing up? They have seen that people in the system are afraid, you know, and it, it is scary to do what you did, but how unethical. And, and at a certain point, how do you live with yourself continuing when you know it's wrong? And then as a consumer, as a patient, we're looking around thinking, why should I trust you? You're watching people be, some are calling it murdered by, by these protocols and it you is. know it and what you're, you're staying here because why? I mean, yeah. People don't and, want to be uncomfortable, even the slightest bit uncomfortable, you know, and I, I, I can't relate to that. You know, I mean, I'm on, I'm becoming increasingly more uncomfortable by the day, but I, again, I can't imagine the alternative. Um, I really took a giant leap of faith when I did this. I felt very called to do it, and and I'm going to continue on that path. There, like you said, so much uncertainty. I don't know what lies ahead for me. I'm I'm rapidly approaching the end of my ability to even sustain myself. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In a million lifetimes, I would never go back to that system that is literally murdering patients. And I hear myself when I say that, and I think people I'm like they think I'm crazy. They think I've really lost my mind, but it's true. I see what happens in the hospitals. Yeah. We see what what has happened with this remdesivir, um, and we just can't continue. We can't continue on this way. There's a better way. We know as nurses that there's a better way. They have us brainwashed. You know, society truly has us brainwashed to think that the prescription pad is the best or only way, and it's not true. It's simply mm-hmm. not true. Kimberly, um, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. 
you have these feelings for sure. And you obviously are okay with talking about them. I'm just curious as to what kinds of conversations you had with other healthcare practitioners while you were in the hospital setting and while you were in the triage setting. What, what were other people saying? Were they saying, yeah, I agree with you, but I want to keep my job? Or what, what kinds of conversations did you have around that? Yeah, most of the people agreed. Most of them agreed. I would say the majority of them agreed that, you know, in the very beginning, it's not that we necessarily thought something nefarious was going on, right. just that we didn't feel comfortable because of this, the lack of safety data. Emergency um, use. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new so, product. So yeah, a lot of people felt uncomfortable, but not a lot of people were willing to to say anything about it. And they I have people come up to me all the time and they'll say, Thank you so much for doing what you do. I wish I could, but I have a mortgage to pay and bills to pay. And I'm like, Oh, hi. Yeah, we all do. We all yeah. have these these yeah. problems. We all have bills to pay. We all have a mortgage. Um, but and if we all stand up for exactly. what we believe in and what we know is right, they have to back off because there will That's be no market. You know, yeah. there will be no demand for these products. Right. Yeah, th this entire past three years would not have unfolded as it did if everybody had actually acted in accordance with what they believed to be right. People, the majority of people would not be donning masks if they had read all of the studies and used some common sense in, in how they were being used. They would have said, no, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to comply. Um, you know, everybody all along the way, it took an awful lot of people not standing in their truth. And I do think that, especially in the United States, we have had for decades become a more and more complacent, compliant society. Just focus on how to make our own little worlds comfortable. And that's not my problem. And I'll worry about that if they get to me. But for now, I'm going to protect myself. And one of the things that has that I've really been trying to work on with patients, which at times is beginning to get more and more difficult, is when you have people who are with us 100% and you will still hear them say they're going to do something or go somewhere or not do something, which doesn't quite line up with their values on this, all of this, because they're still, they're afraid, blah, 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 blah. It's always because I'm afraid, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm just trying to encourage everybody in this movement, when you hear yourself in your brain or out loud say, well, I'm afraid if I do that. <laughs> Listen to yourself. Where's that coming from? And, you know, you we can't protect just our own little world anymore. We, you know, that corner is quickly vanishing where you're hiding. And by even attempting to hide, it empowers the enemy who, who wants us. All of us together united. That's what 2023 has got to be about. All of us together being brave, uh, finding alternatives, and then what you're what you have brought us, the gift of Kimberly, this this new year is all this time you've been working to bring a solution and others like you are bringing us health solutions. What do we do when we need help medically? Now, is, is Remnant Concierge up and going? Is it something that people can now contact? 
Yep, you can actually, absolutely, you can go to um, Remnant Nursing, it's remnantnursing.org is the website. You can contact us through the website or you can send an email to remnantnursing at nursefreedomnetwork.org. We are onboarding our members. So, you know, and I, people ask all the time, they'll say, you know, well, you, we have, membership is required. Unfortunately, in order to provide safe and appropriate care, we had to go the PMA route, right? But we And have PMA is... Private Membership Association. Okay, and we, but we have plans uh, to access the services that start as low as fifteen dollars a month. You know, wow. so that's like fifty cents a day. So you know, and people will say, "Well, I don't really need um, services right now." Well, I like to encourage people. You know, if you believe in freedom, if you believe in liberty, if you believe in what we're doing. Um, and if you think it's worth 50 cents a day, you know, for some of these nurses who have given up everything, you know, if you think that it's worth it to, you you know, help support our ministry, even if you don't need our services right now, you're supporting this ministry, this much needed work that we're doing. And, you know, if and when you need us, we're there for you. We're mm -hmm. there and able to provide these services. And what question. are, oh, go ahead, <laughs> Zoe. What services do you provide? As far as nursing is concerned, there's a very wide range, right? Do you have yeah. nurse practitioners? Do you, can yeah. you do um, pres so prescribe? Nurses, right now, we just have nurses, registered nurses. We don't have the ability to prescribe. However, we do have, we are onboarding uh, nurse practitioners as well. So we will have the ability to prescribe at that point. But one thing I really do want to tell you and I'm excited about, and maybe, are you on the website? Bernadette, yes. yeah. if you go to, um, i trying to remember where it is, um, like at the top and then products and services. So we're doing uh, remnant care kits. What we do is we customize and ship kits for um, prevention, for early treatment, for uh, long haulers, and for vaccine injury. And we can customize those kits because I live in the great state of Tennessee with ivermectin. Oh, yeah. We have yes, we we have a um, a an agreement with one of the local pharmacies, compounding pharmacies here, so we are able to ship ivermectin to all fifty states. So there's no oh. reason to be without your ivermectin. Oh, you are so brilliant because you know th there are certain laws in place as far as it's still a prescription medication, but the you you you've arranged to be able to do this. I'm trying to get it to click. I don't know if it's not. Google, it doesn't liking me clicking on, I can't get it to pull up. I'm so excited, but it's concierge nursing services. That's where I'm going to find these it, kits. It'll be under like programs. And, oh, you might not be able to get to it. There should be right or scroll down on that front page. You might see a picture of it. Okay. Remnant rise services and products. Um, oh, remnant care kits. There we go. That's what I'll click on. Does it click? doesn't click. Um, no, I think that's just a, because I, I kind of put the, uh, everything behind the membership page as far oh, as, you see, but you should be able okay. to see the picture. I can. Okay. Thank you. So for as little as 50 cents a day, you can join. I'm going to, I'm going to share again. This is so exciting. I'm going to add this to the healthyimmunitynow.org website oh, yeah, as another place. I get emails. I get two or three emails every week through a press release that I issued when the law went through here in Tennessee, making it over the counter with consultation from the pharmacist. Um, 
and people are finding it from all over the United States and saying, how do I get it out of state? And I send them to our page with some links, but there's very few resources that are able to send out of state. So I'm so excited. Tell us what's in that kit. Can you guys see that now? So we've got all of the, you know, all of the supplements that you need. It actually comes with a nebulizer. We think every home should have a nebulizer in oh. it. Be prepared. We have an incentive spirometer. So it depends on what kit you get. But if you get like the early treatment uh, prevention, we'll have the nebulizer in there. We have a pulse oximeter in there for you to monitor your oxygen levels. We've got the incentive spirometer for you. And then all of your supplements, your vitamin D, your vitamin C, everything that you need. And we can customize these. We really don't believe um, in one size fits all care. We believe in individualized healthcare. We're going to give you all the supplements that you need, but we also, with consultation, we can add that ivermectin on, um, and we can custom customize these kits. You know, giving you uh, different supplements that might be uh, better or more specific to what you're dealing with. Oh, you know, Zoe, I don't know about you, but I'm so excited. So anybody in my family who's got a birthday coming up, (laughs) any celebration, (laughs) guess what you're getting? Because I put together kits for people, right? Mm -hmm. And you make this gift giving very convenient to join your- Get the gift of like staying out of the hospital because that's what it's all about. It's keeping these people healthy and well. And that's the other thing, you know, Zoe, to your point, when you were asking about services, you know, we do education, we do- uh, nurse coaching, we do nutritional coaching. Um, So a lot of the things that we want to start focusing on is keeping people healthy and well. If you've been paying attention to what's been going on in the news, um, you know about uh, Sears. Have you heard about that one? The new tabletop exercise similar to event 201? Yeah, with the the catastrophic, they did another tabletop uh, 2021, I mean, 2001. I can't say it. Say it again, Kimberly. (laughs) So it's it's a tabletop exercise that similar to what they did in event 201, where they correctly predicted a uh, coronavirus, a new coronavirus coming. So they're doing that again for 2025. And they are predicting a severe epidemic enterovirus syndrome. Yeah. And the difference with this one is that this one, they they are saying that it's likely going to kill 15 million children. Yeah. If we start thinking about, if we start thinking about what's going on with people's immune systems as they get booster after booster, then we clearly see that these are destroying immune systems. So it's not um, hard to believe that this new virus that, that may or may not come to be Mm -hmm. um, might actually kill 15 million children. So, so people could, could join Remnant Concierge and they could then have this nurse help educate them to keep their family and, and their children healthy. Mm-hmm. And like, if they do come down with something, are they able to advise, um, like hear what the symptoms are and advise, well, maybe you need to go see a doctor local where you are or yeah, something like that. Do yep, triage. That's, okay. That's the other thing that we can do is triage. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time about like, you know, as far as partnering, and we want people in other, even practices that are similar to what we're doing. It might seem like you have a competing um, practice. And we don't feel that way. We feel like moving forward, we've got to all come together and mm-hmm. in the spirit of collaboration. Listen, we can't help everybody in the world, but we want to make sure that everybody has access to safe and appropriate care. So yeah. if you have a practice and you're treating people appropriately and you respect autonomy and informed consent, 
become a member of our PMA because we're also building a referral database. So if it's something that we can't help with or we can send to, you know, a local um, nurse practitioner or concierge medical practice, then that's what we'll do is we'll partner with these other practices to make sure that these patients are getting appropriate care. That, that is so huge. You know, when my, when my son was little, when he was eight months old, we walked away from traditional Western medicine after they caused some severe allergies and and still wanted to vaccinate him, but in an ER setting in case he went into anaphylactic shock. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, And so I found this wonderful naturopath and And, you know, over the years, you know, he was my one and only. So, you know, you're learning with one kid and and he would, he was like four. So he was in preschool at this Montessori preschool. And the first time ever in his life, he got really sick. He had never been, but he was around all these little kids, his immune system, you know, and he got everything at once. He had an ear infection and pink eye and everything all at once. And um, it was so awesome to be able to talk to my naturopath who I totally trusted because we were aligned with the same approach, but it's scary when your kid's really sick. And I was able to talk to her and get the advice so that I knew I was doing the right thing and I wasn't, didn't feel. And that I think is one of the most important things um, is to have that partner you're aligned with so that when you are in a situation and you, you know, you're a little bit afraid. And I think we become more afraid for our children that we've made the wrong decision. You know, that's how we can be bullied because they try to tell you your child's going to die if you don't do this. So we need that professional like you, like your nurses um, to help guide us through challenging health issues and to let us know they're going to be fine. Here's some things you can do to make your child more comfortable and, and you're not alone. Um, that's a, that's a huge one because so many people feel like they're so isolated or they don't feel like they can trust or they have nowhere to turn right now. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to the, myself included, I wouldn't go to a hospital unless I probably would just sit at home and die at that point. When I came down with COVID, I was like, I will just die in my hotel room. I'm not going to the hospital. (laughs) So so many people feel, Um, and that's really sad. We really want to be able to restore, you know, trust to that nurse patient relationship again, because unfortunately, you know, nurses historically have been there to stand in the gap for these patients. And that doesn't seem to be happening as often any longer. And it's, it's very heartbreaking to me to see that and to hear that people just don't trust the nursing community any longer. And we want to, we really want to work on restoring that. But really what's ex- another thing that's exciting about this, um, this business model, it's a very unique model. So as far as what we provide to the clients as nurses coming into this system, you know, it's not something I don't recommend everybody do what I did. I, I, you know, I know not everybody can just drop everything and try to, you know, start anew. but what we can do with this, this system is we can bring people in um, and understanding that allopathically trained nurses are not going to trust their education right now. That's how I was. We have uh, an incredible course, functional, you know, Melissa Schreibfeder. Um, yes. Functional yes. medicine for nurses. We actually have that incorporated into our program, Melissa's course, so that we get them the training in that functional medicine that they need so that they can appropriately care and advise these patients, not based on their allopathic training, but based on a more functional and holistic uh, way going forward. So that's mm-hmm. something really exciting. And, um, you know, we, we have a lot of, um, I don't want to give away too much because I try to keep that. I, I don't want to give my opportunities away because that's part of my membership is uh, 
<laughs> to these types of opportunities. Um, and, but it's really unique and it's going to going to give nurses a way forward. It's almost as if they, they're going to be able to build up their own concierge nursing practice um, under what we're doing. And then after, I will say this, after a certain amount of time, if they wanted to take everything that we gave them, all of the resources, forums, uh, everything, you know, clients, all of that, and they wanted to maybe take that and, and continue on with their own practice, that's an option for them. That is an option. Wonderful. Or they could stay on and pay, you know, the, the, the yearly fee and stay under remnant care. But it's kind of like we just want to be able to provide a path for these people who want to break away and they don't know how they don't know mm -hmm. how to break that employee mindset and, and stop going just to collect a paycheck. You know, we can have them earning, hopefully, um, if not at least match their salary, we'd like to see it doubled. Yeah. See the potential. That, yeah. That's fantastic. Just, just a whole no. And, you know, without the, the overhead of, medical care could be so much more economically efficient. Yeah. And when you look at these monstrous medical centers, the amount of money just to pay the electric bill is staggering. You think how much of your bill actually went to your medical care? It's like this tiny bit out of this huge bill. And it doesn't need to be that way. It needs to be much more organic and small. And, um, you know, there's a doctor like up in Johnson City here in Tennessee who's got a concierge service and you pay so much a month. Um, and then he's your doctor and he says, you know, um, he he likes it better when you never see him. So he tries hard to keep you healthy. And he does um, um, classes like you do. He does education classes on how to stay healthy. He says, because the healthier you are, the more money I make because then I will see you. And so, you know, I know it's, it's a lot less out of pocket. And it's just a beautiful business model for the consumer, but it needs to pay off also for these professionals. Yeah. I've got Absolutely. nothing against good healers making good money, right? There's nothing. Have you ever noticed in, in our movement that if anybody is making a living, trying to encourage health freedom or whatever, then they get attacked? Oh, you're making money. Yes. So do you want me to starve to death? I mean, do you want me to work in this mission or don't you? I mean, I you know, I being a uh, told by people who came to the TMR website that, oh, well, you're making money doing this. So of course you say, and at that point in time, I just laughed because we had put more money into TMR right. than we had ever yeah. gotten out. So. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't yeah. drawn a salary off of Nurse Freedom. Now. I don't, we don't have enough money for me to draw a salary from this at all yet. And I, but I pray that this will take off and I'll be able to at least pay my bills, you know, because again, like you said, Zoe, I've put so much of my own, you know, money into it. And I yeah. assume we'll continue to do that because we want to be able to grow the mission. I just don't want to be homeless. You know, I just, Right. I don't want to be living under a bridge. So, you know, yeah. Have you right. um, seen uh, Robert Malone's new book, Lies My Government Told Me? No, no. I'll have there to is a chapter toward the end of the book um, about a group of Italian physicians and what they are doing out of what they did through COVID. And they've got some very big visions. So that might be a good chapter for you to check out and, and people for you to talk to Absolutely. about setting up yeah. some things that you want to do. They're talking about not just um, educating people to how to stay well, but educating the doctors who are coming in. And the they need doctors. They need to know more about 
root causes and how to prevent things. And so they're they're actually going to be training these doctors in those things as they join their practice. So it's a great out. model. To, they're, they're visionaries, I think. So they're, they're good people to get to know. But I think this is, like I said, this is the way forward. And I hope that, you know, um, people will, will sign on. Like I said, it's $15 a month. Uh, there are other levels that you can, you can get, um, you know, that uh, if you're more interested in coming, we're going to be doing events uh, throughout the year. We're going to be doing nursing conferences. We're hosting that nursing conference in uh, Orlando here next week. Um, so we're excited about that. But so we'll be doing these different events and, um, you know, we have different levels that will kind of give you uh discounts on admission, discounts on our merchandise, that sort of thing. But even just the lowest level at $15 a month, you know, we, I never had financial backing with Nurse Freedom Network and I don't have any financial backing for remnant nursing at all. But I'm proud of that because, you know, we're not beholden to anybody. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to dictate the care that we provide. Um, you know, I, we appreciate most of our donations are under a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So that what we've been able to do to this point, it's, it's been a lot of work, but you know, I, I, this is a God thing. God has provided so much for me on this journey and to get us from where we were to where we are when, again, I haven't had an income since January. I'm barely hanging on, but somehow we're, we're still here and we're making strides. So I would encourage anybody, you know, get just, if you, if you feel like you need to step out and you need to step away, join us and help us to shift the paradigm in healthcare because it needs to happen. And we have all of the numbers and all of the power to do it. People just need to find the courage. They do. And, you know, and, and what we need to do as a movement is try to push this information out for people to know. And one of the things I like to do is create business cards. Business cards are one of the cheapest things that you can get printed um, and, you know, like have 500 cards for 20 bucks or something or, or a thousand, you can catch a sale. And, you know, if you've got a favorite organization, like I could see a business card with Nurse Freedom Network, Remnant Concierge on one side and the FLCC on the other. Now, I have nothing financially to do with either one of you, your organizations, but I adore both of them. I think you've saved so many lives near the way of the future. Yeah. And so right. I like... <laughs> What was that? With that so, preventive stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I like to um I, I I I like to share it. So, you know, one of these days, maybe when there's a, a great sale on making business cards, I'll get some of those made. And then if I'm in a setting where there's a lot of nurses, hey, I'll just drop them, right? Yeah. You can do this with anything that you want to support. And you don't even have to say anything to people if you're not bold enough to say, hey, you want this? You can just leave them behind where the appropriate people will see them. If you're visiting somebody at a hospital, a clinic, a dentist's office, just open minds wherever you go. In fact, I had a conversation today. Who was it I talking to? Oh, it's Discover Card because there's some charge on my bill. But anyway, so I got this. <laughs> Nobody gets away from Bernadette. I don't remember how it came to be, but we were talking about something and I got, I mentioned Twitter and in the Twitter files and, and this, this young person on the phone had never, didn't know that the Twitter files were revealing FBI and, and CIA collusion with social media companies. He said, you're kidding. I never heard that. I said, well, they're not telling about it on major media. You have to go to alternative, but just go to Twitter, look up the COVID Twitter files or, or, or 
the stuff coming out about um, Biden's laptop and and the, how the FBI said it was a it was Russian d- disinformation, but it wasn't. Um, and he was just appalled. You never know where you're going to open a mind. Yeah. you know, and, and drop hints. So in the real world, you can drop business cards or postcards. I find the business cards so convenient. Um, and in the virtual world, just everywhere you go, just be like little Johnny Appleseed of truth and information. And, and that's the other thing about Freedom Network. Like we have uh, a links and leaders page. So I like to link to different organizations, um, yes. you know, that, that are like FLCCC and I, I like to Children's Health Defense. So, you know, I think that anybody in this fight, again, we all have to come together. We all have to support one another and it, that you, you take egos out of it. Yes. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. You know, it has to be right. all together. Yeah. And, you know, how many people are there in this nation that need good care and give good information? We haven't even been, begun to fill a corner of the bucket of the need for all of this, for all of the services. We could use a thousand nurse freedom networks. We could, you know, all of them are needed. And I love the interaction of working together. You know, Macy's sending shoppers to Gimbal's, you know, I mean, just float all the boats up. Exactly. I mean, I can't say how many times like I've, I've, you know, collaborated with um, like Nicole Sirotek or American Frontline Nurses, you know, they have nurses that are advocating over there. And if I'm not able to to help in a situation, I will call uh, them or Nicole Landers at uh, Health and uh, Truth for Health organization. We all, you know, talk to one another and all help these people. We're all here to help people. We're yeah. all here to advance this movement. Do you know if if anybody's got a master growing list of some of these great organizations like Pierre Corey has his own um, concierge type service that you can access online? We've got the wellness, the wellness, what's it called? The wellness company. Company, the wellness company. And that's Dr. Peter McCullough et al. (laughs) And all his people. And they have MDs on staff with that one. Do they? Do you know how the wellness company? Okay. We do. Um, and there's just so many that are rising up. And I would just love to have like a, a yellow pages of these. Well, it's so funny that you say that, Bernadette, because under Nurse Freedom Network Ministries, that part of our uh, PMA, that's what we hope to do is we want to have that um, a mem- like a directory of everybody that, that's a member of our PMA um, is, is going to be listed in there. We want to have all of these resources readily available for mm-hmm. people so that they know that they can try. We almost want to be like the Angie's list, you know, if you will, of the medical yes. freedom world, you know, we want to be able to say, all right, we've been here for almost two years now. We know that you trust us because you reach out to me all the time looking for that appropriate care. Yeah. Um, and we're happy to, to, to point them in the right direction of these places like the wellness company, you know, like um, FLCCC who have, has done just such amazing work. We want to mm-hmm. make sure that everybody has access to these services, whether yeah. there are services at Remnant or, or, or another, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. As long as they're like-minded, they respect bodily autonomy and informed consent. We just want to make sure people get appropriate care. Yeah. And that would be so fantastic to have like a directory and like an emergency directory for urgent, I need help now. And then how to find like your primary care person for, yeah. you know. And this is something we really need to work on as far as like urgent 
emergency care because like I said, nobody wants to go to the hospitals any longer. This is, this is bigger than what I can do with my limited resources. So this is when we need like, you know, the, the people who have more money to come and step forward. But what we need is something that's an alternative. I had to send somebody to the hospital this evening, somebody that called and reached out to me. I, I didn't want to do it. I hate to send people to the hospital, but in a situation where, you know, their blood pressure is at stroke levels, what do you do? Because I knew if I, I said, hey, call the urgent care. Urgent care is just going to send them to the ER. He needed something IV to bring his blood pressure down. That was, certain, you know, we were certain of that. But where do you go if you don't go to the mm -hmm. ER? We need to have alternatives to hospitals. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, go ahead, Zoe. Did you say? No. Oh, um, there's other people I've interviewed. And I know like um, our Amazing Graces website has some documentation. Um, it, are you guys also going to provide like a, a section with make sure you have this sort of paperwork filled out in case you ever have to go to the ER, or go to the hospital, you've got your advanced directive and you've got some protection in place? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to be doing all of that. We're going to be having uh, a lot of education and a lot of, you know, how to advocate for yourself, how to advocate for your family members. And we're going to be doing a lot of resources. And those are things, again, and as we start to grow in membership and that um, we start having more resources financially that we have the money to be able to do and print and, and all of that and provide those resources um, we're going to be able to offer all of that. And, and that's something that's so important is people don't know how to even advocate for themselves, let alone their family members. And I do want to mention, I, I don't know if I told you or if you saw that I have a new radio show out now, Nurses Out Loud on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Mm -hmm. So on on there, um, oh God, Bernadette, it just went, went out of my head, just like it happened to you earlier. <laughs> so you're telling me about your radio show, Nurses Out Loud, um, resources, this is education, no the forms, how to protect yourself. Yeah. That's so, yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally lost it right there. Um, but we, we want to be able to provide all of those resources. And we, we will be able to provide those resources here very, very soon uh, for everybody. Yeah. Oh, and so, and what's the website of, of where we get, can we access your new radio show through Nurse Freedom Network? Is there a link there? There's, that's a good question. I don't know if I, I put it there yet. Uh, I, I need to do that. But you can yeah. go to um, americaoutloud.com forward slash nurses out loud okay. or subscribe to my Substack. There's a section on nurses out loud in there. That's nursefreedomnetwork.substack.com. And then I have a separate newsletter in there for Nurses Out Loud. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's see. We've got, let me look at the time. Um, looks like we've got mm, three, four minutes left. So what, what last minute thoughts do you have, uh, information, things upcoming that you want people to know? So I would love to tell you guys about, I think I touched on it earlier, their event in Orlando. We're hosting the American Freedom Nurses Summit. That is going to be January the 5th. And that's in Orlando, Florida. I think there may be still tickets available. It's not just for nurses. Again, we want to be able to restore that trust between the nurses and the patients. We want people to understand that there are nurses out there, that we are awake to what's happening, and we're here. We're here to support you. So Definitely want everybody to come out to that if they're able to. You can get tickets at wellnessparenting.info. Um, and then we've got an event coming up. I'm going to be speaking uh, alongside Dr. Peter McCullough, Pierre Corey at the Next Steps Conference 
over in um, Buford, Georgia. That's Tia Severino's event. So we're excited to uh, partake in that one as well. Uh, that's going to be February 22nd through the 25th. That's wonderful. So you've got some great events coming up in Florida and in Georgia, you said. Okay. And they can all be accessed through nursefreedomnetwork.com. Look for the events page. I just kind of pulled or that org, Nursefreedomnetwork.org. Dot org, dot org, norsefreedomnetwork.org. You've got the Substack. You've got the radio show. Girl, you are on it. If, if only somebody was was paying you a little bit so you could um, pay your bills. And- <laughs> nice. One of these days, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just that's yeah, too hard to it, work. Nobody wants to employ. I become unemployable. Nobody wants to employ me in my in my very vocal self. But okay. well, so inventing inventing a whole new system that will then support support you, which is fantastic. And and yeah. you know, um, anybody listening to the show right now, if you love as we do what you've heard from Kimberly, you can give donations right now to Nurse Freedom Network and support what she's doing because the bigger it gets, the more she's able to, to build it and outreach it, maybe it will become a place where she who donates seven days a week, how many hours a day to this cause might actually be able to, to um, have a salary from it. And, you know, she deserves it. Uh, a big bonus on top of it as well. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking um, I need a vacation. I haven't worked in a year and I need a month long vacation. <laughs> yeah, you need, that's true. I, I not getting you. paid is the same as not working. However. That's, that's <laughs> true. I've never worked so much in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've, never, I've also never been as fulfilled. So, I I love that you've never been as fulfilled. Never. So you you stood up and you know you still haven't made it completely out of the stage of uncertainty that so many people fear, but you're loving it and you're feeling so good about yourself. And we are honored, Kimberly, to know you and to support you and to share what you're doing. I hear the music. So it means it's time to go. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you, Zoe. And thank you, Bernadette. I appreciate all your support. Thank you. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a break um, and come back. And Zoe and I got some really interesting things to talk to you about. You've been listening to an Inform Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. We'll be back in a few minutes. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, Inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. 
we can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. I need somebody to show me, somebody to show me the love. We need a revolution. Welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. Um, I'm hoping I'm here with Zoe. Is she here still with us, Nathan? There we go. Yay. Sorry about that. Um, Technical malfunction here on New Year's Eve Eve. Bernadette didn't push a button that I needed to push. So (laughs) Um, live, that's how it goes. Hey, Zoe. Hey. So Kimberly is wonderful. I mean, and she she models that amazing, courageous spirit that is going to be our hope for the future, you know, and I hope others are inspired to follow her lead. And I hope others are inspired to support their efforts. People like that. Um, So many people that we know, Zoe, so many of the doctors and the nurses, scientists, they have no income anymore. People see them on the stage. They see them as great doctors speaking truth, but they don't realize these people have lost everything. They have yeah. no income. They've lost their work, you know, or the the work that was coming to them if they're independent has been drastically reduced because of their standing their truth. And um, they've taken an awful lot, but I know each and every one of them would not go back and do it differently because they couldn't. They they have to do what they know in their heart and soul to be right. And I so admire their courage, um, and their and love to support them. <clears throat> so, in in this next hour, I've got a couple of things I'm I'm really looking forward to talking to you about Zoe. So I want I want to start with telling you that you know I wear I wear several hats these days. I've got one foot in Washington state and the other foot straddles 2,800 miles from Tennessee (laughs) where I am. I love both states. I love the people in both states. Um, And and so I'm I'm active there. And what we got going on in in Washington, uh, let's see where we got. Coming up on uh, January 9th in, in Washington is the opening day of session. And so Informed Twist Washington is having a rally. This air, um, this show airs live on AM radio in the Puget Sound region. So if you're in Washington state, uh, we need you present. Um, the legislature needs to know these things are important to us. And we expect them, our elected officials, who are supposed to represent us, um, they represent us. And so we have to be loud enough to be overheard by who? by the lobbyists lined up outside their doors. The lobbyists who take them to lunch and, and do all this cozy stuff. And you know, some of the biggest lobbyists that are interfering with 
our medical freedom choices and removing our freedoms are our own public health officials, mm. right? Our own public health departments and public health officials kind of, they, they've got this attitude, they've been raised in the attitude, they're in groups and associations that have the attitude that the government needs to take care of you when it comes to your health. They have to tell you what to do in the name of protecting everybody, right? It's just, it's, it's absurd. I think what's even worse is that the focus in public health almost always seems to be on infectious disease. And we can see in current uh, times that infectious disease burden is so much lower than chronic disease burden. Exactly. And yet public health officials and public right. health agencies right. are completely ignoring chronic yeah. health issues. Yes. And the emphasis, the, the incredible overemphasis on the part that's not really that big a deal right now to the exclusion. And some, some, sometimes we are pretty certain to the increasing of chronic disease is a huge, huge problem. Exactly. It, it's a complete mismatch. So we've got, we've got the iatrogenic, meaning um, medicine-induced illness, and there's prescription drugs as well as vaccines and different things that are going on, and environmental causes of disease. We've got toxic food, glyphosate, all the other pesticides, herbicides, plasticizers, whatever they're spraying in the air. Public health <clears throat> basically ignores all of that. All of that. So we've got all of this stuff under um, undermining health today. And what do they focus on? Transient infections that a healthy person has for a week or two and then has either lifetime immunity or very long, strong, durable immunity compared to their vaccine product. And they completely ignore chronic um, illnesses, except for what you're going to see now. The way this this flyer in particular, this page here that you're looking at is worded. And you'll understand why this wording here in a minute. So we've got some good legislation that we're going to be supporting. And I talked a little bit about it in the last hour. We're going to try to rein in what government can say and hold them to their own labeling and advertising laws that will limit them being able to put out propaganda that's false and misleading. Um, but there's also a really, there's several, not a pleasing bills in Washington state and elsewhere, but there's one that's particularly appalling that I want to go over with you today. Um, and I'd be curious if other states have some similar language or something going on. But we, this is a facts, not fear rally, January 9th, 2023, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on the steps of the Capitol in Olympia. And there'll be more information to come. Um, you can go to informtwistwa.org and there'll be more information. There's going to be speakers and some music. But we want, we want people to understand the legislature needs to know that we, the people, will not accept, quote, unquote, unquote a new normal of mandates, quarantines, lockdowns, or the surrendering of our republic or our unalienable rights. And why I've included all of those things, I will, I'm will. i gonna go ahead and stop sharing here and then and bring you to the bill that is really um, of such a concern. You know, you've been following, like a lot of people have, the World Health Organization, 
and the um, World Economic uh, oh, you're not going to be able to see that. I'll have to read some of it. The, um, <laughs> looking really close. The, um, the World Economic Forum's goals: you will own nothing and you and be happy. Um, you know, one health. Everything's moving to this global. You know, taking everything away from individual control, local control, even state and government and, and sovereign entity control, and going to this big global control, everything united. And it's being done under the guise of health crises, of epidemics, pandemics. Um, I apologize that this is is so small. I'm going to see if I can do anything to make it more readable, but then I'm going to be reading it out loud as well. Let me see if I scooch it in a little bit. I don't know how to do that. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read to you a little bit what this bill is. It, uh, it's called Creating the Evergreen Basic Income Pilot Program. So the legislature, okay, I mean, Nathan in the news. If you hold control and scroll, you might be able to make it bigger. Hold control and scroll. Oh, that made it smaller. Oh, that made oh, it bigger. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> that did work. Oh, oh you, <laughs> you are fast. Thank you. Okay. So in the, the first section in, in Washington bills, as in many bills, is your intent. So that's where you're going to get some intent language. Ignore the random numbering in here because that's actually from the bill numbering. I should have pulled up. This is at Bill Track 50. It's a great resource. It's a free resource for you to go look up bills in your state and see what they're doing. Um, BillTrack50.com. So that's where I just had quickly pulled this up. But this is the intent section, and it's really interesting. So they put the legislature finds that economic inequality continues to widen the gap between the top few earners and working and low income families. The 2021 Labor Market and Economic Report produced by the Washington State Employment Security Department paints a grim, grim picture. Corporate profits increased by over 500 percent from 2000 to 2021. There's while every yeah, while everyday Washington residents filed more unemployment claims than ever with the onset of COVID nineteen pandemic, so I'm going to pause right there and say, okay, you gave us a 21 year gap, and then you counter it with three years, two years, or 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 more of the state locking people down and forcing them on unemployment. Also, we know that the gap between the top half percent or whatever and the rest of the country just increased tremendously during this time period. The billionaires got much, much richer. Right. Well, the average person. Exactly. And it and, and it, it was because of state actions. It was yes. because of federal actions. It was because of the response to COVID, the improper response to COVID, not COVID. Okay, so so we go on. And this is where this is, um, Zoe, what I find really interesting. We were just talking about all the chronic illness, right? What are they doing Mm -hmm. about it? Well, it says the legislature further finds that 22% of Washington adult population has a disability. 22%, that is very high. And more than a quarter of a million of Washington residents have impairments related to mobility, cognition, dressing, and bathing that may prohibit participation in the workforce. So 250,000 people have disabilities that prevent them from working. A 2021 report generated by CDC 
about disability in Washington state urged that, and then quote, this is what the CDC has said, everyone can play a role in supporting more inclusive state programs to help people with or at risk for disabilities, unquote. The legislature also finds that certain major life transitions or conditions are associated with high economic instability, including being pregnant or parent of a young child. I'm going to pause there because what? I mean, we live in a republic, a democracy, a capitalist society where not where we look on, you know, you, you take care of yourself, you get a job, you hold off having that first baby until you can afford to have the baby kind of world. At least that's what I grew up in. But our government here in Washington is saying that just being pregnant, being pa parent of a young child puts you in an economic unstable position. Anyway, it, it certainly can, <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it, especially well, in a place like New York, where I lived for a long time. Well, Again, it can, Expenses but I'm just go through the roof, you know, but I, exactly. It really can. However, why are they thinking that it's the government's responsibility? You decided to have a child. You, you know what I mean? I just, it's, right. it's, it's not looking at the Part independent. Part of me though decision. wants to think that, you know, it, somebody's got at least, um, it is in, Okay. Studies have shown that the, the gaps, the economic gaps, are yes. very important when it comes to society. The greater the gap is between the rich people and the poor people, yes. and the, the yeah. more unstable a society is. So I would there with is a, a compelling concern of government yes. to reduce that gap. Okay. So let's continue and then see if we agree on how we feel about their solution. Yeah, I'm not sure okay. I'm going to buy yeah, their solution. So, <laughs> so, okay. So the, the other thing that puts you in economic um, instability is experiencing homelessness, being an immigrant, a refugee, or a asylee, or asylee? Exiting Somebody from who's been in an asylum. Asylum, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, uh, in the foster care system, the juvenile justice system, the criminal justice system, exiting a relationship or living situation due to domestic violence, having a disability or behavioral health disorder. These priority populations disproportionately experience poverty. I mean, we do agree that all of these people do experience poverty and and you know, as a society, you want to build a way to ensure that they can um, succeed and, and rise above that situation. I agree there. Okay. The legislature, this is the, the clincher. The le legislature further finds that climate change will spread disease faster than in the past, creating a new normal where interruption of the labor market, quarantines, okay. <laughs> quarantines and mass disabling events like those seen during the COVID-19 pandemic become more commonplace. So they point out that we do live in a society that's that's topsy-turvy. A lot of billionaires, people are getting poorer. There's a lot of people in very difficult situations, right? And then they say this is going to get worse because of climate because change. Of this. Yeah. So expect to be thrown out of your job. Expect to be quarantined. Mass disabling events. 
mass disabling events is what they're telling us are coming. And it, as if the human being cannot adapt, we're just going to have to, okay, anyway, their solution. The, therefore, the legislature declares that all Washington households deserve basic financial security and that it is the goal of the state to ensure economic sustainability for all families. So what they're creating is a, um, a trial that will only be 7,500 people to begin with called the Evergreen Basic Income Pilot Program. And to qualify, it was basically all of the things mentioned above. Um, and they'll do a lottery if more than 7,500 people apply. And considering they named, you know, a few hundred thousand people at least to qualify, I have a feeling they'll get more than 7,500 people um, apply, um, which I'm sure they'll take back to the legislature to see, gee, everybody needs this and wants this. So we may need to make it permanent for everybody. But anyway, and it's going to be qualified applicants. Uh, this section serve in a control group. Control group participants will be compensated at a rate of $25 per hour for a maximum of up to $250 per person. I'm not sure what that quite applied to. But the, the um, where was it I was going to read there? Somewhere in there, it says that what the monthly income that you get in the Evergreen Pilot Program is equal to a month's rent in the county you live. So depending on what the county uh, you live in, um, I'm not finding that. I'm trying to read quickly, and I, I don't want to take up a lot of air time trying to find that. And so I'll find that in a second. So I'm going to I'll stop sharing, though, and, and come back to you, Zoe. So... They recognize that there's a lot of chronic illness. They're not writing a bill to address the reasons for the chronic illness. They're acknowledging that there's a huge dis disparity between the very wealthy and everybody else. This bill doesn't address the disparity. Um, the bill is, is intended to give people money who find themselves hurting without a job and needing help but it doesn't do anything about causing the situations that will cause that to happen. And where's the money kind of come from? The money comes from the taxpayer base, but if fewer people are working, where's the tax base coming from? Right. And it Unless really going to tax the, the billionaires a whole lot more than you are. Right. So <laughs> it, it's really creating a socialist society. It's moving toward that vision of the world economic forum of we're going to take care of you, you're going to own nothing. And, you know, there's going to be strings attached. There's going to be strings attached. Yeah. If you're on this evergreen program, surely they're going to, okay, where's your vaccine card? Are you up to date? They're already trying to tie other, in other states, they have tied your benefits to your vaccination. In Australia. Right. In Australia, so, they, they said, uh, what do they call it? No jab, no, no something. I forget how they put it, but they yeah. had a little slogan for it. Right. So it, it does not fix the problem. In my opinion, it absolutely makes it worse. And then the whole thing about climate change being used to say there's going to be more disease. And we know right. fear of disease is what's being used to get people to hand over the freedoms. Exactly. Yep. Okay. They're, so they're tossing in the 
the disease is going to be our issue. And it's, it's still the same public health emphasis on infectious disease. Exactly. Public health emphasis on infectious disease. You're not doing anything about the chronic health issues. What caused the chronic health issues? And why are infectious diseases, especially the ones they're currently targeting, why do you think they're a problem when there's a 99.9% recovery rate for the vast majority of people, unless you're living in utter poverty, living in a third world country, or your vitamin D insufficient, nutrient insufficient, um, you know, end up in the hospital and you're given remdesivir or whatever. <laughs> you know? uh, I shouldn't laugh about that because it, it's not funny. People have um, yeah. lost their lives to that. Don't mean to be offensive, but that black humor. Um, it doesn't solve anything at all. It just embraces the mess that governments have made and have allowed to happen. But you know what it also does? Because I don't like to blame. I like to... I like to look at my own self and see what part of this is my fault. Do I still, and I do, my, my phone, right? Who, who, who's my phone surface? It's still a, a company that invests in things I don't believe in. I need to switch my phone surface to something I believe in. I need to stop feeding the monster. So how do these massive billionaires get money? People buy the products that the companies they own right? We yep. give them the money. And I like to go back to the, um, uh, that Disney Pixar flick, A Bug's Life. Do you remember A Bug's Life? We've got the grasshoppers and the yeah. ant. Yeah, yeah. And the, the ants are scrambling around. Here come the grasshoppers. They have to have enough food or the grasshoppers come terrorize them. And they're just so afraid trying to figure out what to do. And then one day Flick has this like, mo this epiphany, and he realizes that, wait a minute, there's more of us than there are of them. And if we don't feed them, they're in trouble, not us. So it's like the grasshoppers need us. We really don't need them. If we stop letting them intimidate us. And it's like, that's what we have to learn for. We have to learn from Fleck. <laughs> to we have to understand too, though, that we, our culture is set up to support the grasshoppers. <laughs> yes. So the grasshoppers, everything is set up to support the grasshoppers. And that's partly because our culture emphasizes profit over people. Yes. And yes. It goes all the way up to the legislatures. It goes up to, you know, the Supreme Court said mm -hmm. companies are people. So they mm -hmm. can donate money to to as many of the yeah. um, campaign political figures campaigns as they want, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's having an effect. It, ha it has had an effect for a long yeah. time. And one thing I think that has never been considered a, a sexy topic for most people, but I think should have been number one for the last two decades is campaign finance reform. Mm -hmm. I've been saying, you know, this, this should be our number one issue for the last two decades and nobody has picked up on it. <laughs> nobody. 
Well, it might be one of those things where there's probably a lot of people who would like to, but it's probably as censored as anything else as far as a, a lot of a lot of underneath things preventing it from going viral. You know, we have to hand carry ideas these days. I said um, to I, I said to Kirsten Gillibrand, who is a New York senator, what would what would it take? And she says it would take somebody getting elected to Congress and or Senate with no corporate contributions whatsoever. And that that would be the first thing. And that's awfully hard to do. And, and wouldn't take more than one. It would, yeah, it would take more than one. But once <laughs> once you get, um, you know, it's it's like we've been talking about for a long time. We don't have to get 85% of the parents to say, you know, I'm not going to vaccinate according to the CDC schedule because we're going to have a tsunami effect once we hit 25%, you know, mm -hmm. we're really not going to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's going to change things. And so once you have even the little seed, the little, you know, the person who stands up and is brave and stands mm -hmm. in their truth and whatever, there is a little, a little crystal seed. And I don't know if you've ever watched a crystal grow. Mm -hmm. You can put yeah. a, a seed in a super saturated solution and it can just whew, crystallize yeah. like that. Yeah. And I could see that happening under the right circumstances, but the, mm -hmm. the, the people have to be at the point where they're just not going to take this stuff anymore. No, no, they, they do. And we have to take care of, we have to really work to take care of ourselves. Um, you know, I started on this life journey. You know, my mother just thought I was just really very, my mother was always very conservative on a lot of things. And I was more of the liberal. She said, you know, that I was just, naive and Pollyannish. And I am yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> Heard that a lot um, myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I, I do believe that nobody in the United States, I don't think anybody in the world should ever starve. I think that there should always be somewhere you can go get some food. But the older I get, the more, because I understand more what motivates humans and what makes us thrive. We don't thrive if we're not challenged. True. If everything is just uh, given to you and you, people have to get up in the morning with a reason, a, a reason to live, you know, and the problem and is at this point that some parts of our culture are way over challenged to the point where they just can't function because oh, they're so damaged too many challenges. Yeah. Too many and, challenges too damaged. that's, mm -hmm. that's the problem we have to address. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I love my little town here in Northeast Tennessee. There are, it's an amazing number of just little charities here and there. And then some bigger ones. I've mentioned a couple of them on the air. Like there's one called Isaiah uh, House, Isaiah 117. And, and this is, um, this is a charity where they, they build beautiful houses. So when a, a child has to re, be removed from child protective services, because the child's in a dangerous living situation that they have this safe, warm, loving place to go with people who are going to be good to them until they can be put in a safe foster environment. You know, I mean, I know there's a whole lot of problems, with the foster care system and CPS and all that, but you know, the need is there to help these children. 
you know, these are some of the children that, that Evergreenville would is talking about these people in right. these awful situations. Right. Yeah. yeah, they're coming out of right foster care, and but they don't but have these skills or yeah, education. Isaiah House is funded by the people. It's the people looking after. So you know, really looking at. Um, we got we've gotten very used to in this country thinking why isn't the government doing something about that? And it's like, yeah, well, why aren't we as communities doing something about that? Because we the the more local you do something, the more efficient it is, the better it's done, and the more oversight you have, as opposed to just letting some big government. This is entity true, do but it. it does have its downsides as well. One of the downsides is that. Just as government can control you as far yeah. as uh, what your benefits are, so can an organization. For mm -hmm. instance, in New Zealand, where my ex-husband was from, the uh, Salvation Army had a huge presence. Mm -hmm. And that was a place where poor people could go get clothes and food and that sort of thing but they would not give clothes or food to homosexuals. Hmm. That's a good percentage of the population. And that's often the percentage, a, a good percentage of the population that needs help because of being outcast. So it's very easy for communities to say, well, we decide who needs help and who needs help is only this narrow, you know, only Christians, only, you know, only whatever. And, and that, that's a problem too. So there is this area of like a gap area, you know, like a, well, the, you know, government has its uses and private entities serving the community have their uses and neither one is perfect. Right. 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 There are for, you know, every charity that might be just doing discrimination. There are others, maybe a dozen more that are not, you know, that just give without discrimination or selection. They just help those who are in need, help those who are on the street, help the children who need help, and you know, and that's sometimes of thing. they so, will do that, but only if you accept Jesus yeah. as your or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in, in my experience, but maybe I've been lucky, but in my experience, a lot of the especially like here in in Tennessee, there's a lot of um, there are a lot of Christian groups doing a lot of good work, and they do not discriminate. In my experience with the ones I've worked with, there's it's just they they just do good, and That's they good. leave the judgment to God. Um, and you know they don't want you know they're 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 not gonna um, they're not gonna support you know these library strip hours with people, you know, that, you know, the crazy stuff, but you know what I mean? But there's not, um, there's not the prejudice uh, or discrimination uh, going on. There's another cool thing here is that a couple of businesses you go to, there'll be things on the counter and it's like coins for laundry. And then once a day to local or once a week at the local laundromat, you can go and they'll give you a roll of quarters to do your laundry. 
Um, you know, because one of the hardest things about living in poverty is trying to stay clean, Absolutely. staying clean costs money. And yep. this little community saw a need, you know, and they're not discriminating against who walks up to them to get this, you, you know, you get it and you can do, get your, your laundry done. And, you know, just, I just think there needs to be this balance. Government is not the answer to everything. Obviously, independent yep. charity groups aren't the answer to everything. But what's happening is the government more and more through programs like that bill I just read, they're, they're vehicles for really moving us into a, this, this socialist, globalist world that they're trying to set. And I find that very, you know, very concerning. We, we are already in a situation where a lot of people were getting incomes during COVID because they were not considered essential workers. And, and now they're having a hard time getting people to, to fill jobs. Um, in fact, one person individual had a business, um, and I won't name the business, but was able to reopen again after a certain stage with COVID. They said, okay, your business is now safe. It, you know, as far as concern, you can open. And two of our employees came back, but they're grumbling. They kind of liked the unemployment they were getting. And so one day they, they were chatting amongst themselves and saying, you know what, if we turn in the business owner and said they, she violated the COVID um, requirements, they'll shut her down and we can go back on unemployment. Well, they didn't realize they were standing where the camera, security camera was capturing what they were saying. So they were invited into the office and shown the video and said, do you have anything to say? you're fired, you know? <laughs> so um, I, I, I guess I give that as an example of, of sometimes uh, what can go wrong when, you know, people get used to getting taken care of, you know, human nature is really interesting. You know, we need to be challenged. We need to feel that sense of independence in order to thrive. Um, I, I don't know all the answers, but I know that that bill is really very concerning when they're saying a new normal of disease, a new normal of quarantine. Yeah. And what was the other one? A new normal of disabling events. Mm -hmm. That is highly concerning. And I don't believe anything that they're doing is, is solving anything at all. It doesn't address any of the underlying problems. The reason why people have chronic illnesses, mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. So, you know, if anybody, you know, I encourage people to go to Bill Track 50, look up in your state, look for some keywords. Like I looked up climate change and climate change. And one other word, I can't remember from the, from Washington's bill. And it only triggered that bill. It didn't trigger any others in other states, but people will change the wording and do different ways of slipping in these concepts. And um, yeah, so there we go. Okay, so the other thing, Zoe, I wanted to talk to you about, have you been following what's going on at Twitter? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been on Twitter because I've, for the last five years or so, I thought Twitter was mob rule, but um, but yes, I've yeah. been following some of the Twitter dumps, and okay. I've been following some of the craziness and the firing and the the 
you know, glitches that have happened on Twitter. So yeah, it's been an interesting road. <laughs> yeah. Well, lately it's been really exciting when you're, what you're saying, the Twitter dumps is um, they're releasing a lot of internal emails and a lot of communications going on about who they've been censoring and why and who's been causing it. Yeah. And the extremely alarming thing that should be under congressional investigation right now is, is the FBI involvement and other um, security agencies at the federal level have been controlling. Particularly, it seemed to me, the, um, the, the stuff I read about, I think it was the CIA directly, had uh, accounts set up to do exactly what the Russians were doing here. Mm -hmm. And that was to destabilize um, other countries. Yeah. Yeah. What's good for the goose and, is, is good yeah, for the gander. Yeah, so and, I I, <laughs> and, and, you know, they were getting banned here on Twitter while the CIA was just doing it with impunity in other countries. And, and, and the point was to interfere with elections. Yeah. And it's like, um, okay, there's a lot of hypocrisy here, but then since when hasn't there been hypocrisy when CIA yeah. is involved? I, you know, I, I think that we, I was kind of raised to believe that what you do reflects on you and what I do reflects on me. And, you know, I, I don't believe that, like, what's that expression? Turnabout is fair play. Yeah, like, no. if you're evil to me, no, I can be evil to if you. If somebody's doing something wrong, you don't get to do that something wrong. No, That's just no. not how that works. No, you you set a good example. And, and then who's going to trust you? If you, you know, exactly. where's it? It really exactly. comes down to trust. There is no trust. We have public health agencies and, and um, security agencies absolutely lying and manipulating us. Lying to us, manipulating us. It's it's really appalling, and it it's got to stop. This the is, upside to that is that people aren't trusting now. Uh, no, or a, a good a huge percentage are not yeah. no longer trusting of right. their public health officials because they have been lied to, and they've even had to admit that they've been lying to them. Right, right, and you know the big stories have been about the censorship. Um, and the shadow banning and the control by the FBI. Um, now, of course, we knew about the shadow, shadow banning years ago. Well, yeah, we, we did. But it always seemed like it was coming like directly from Twitter, which was bad enough. That right. it was from like the, right. these global but thinking. I, that, I don't know about you, but I always knew there was. <laughs> well, know, back when we started TMR. We used to and, joke that that the NSA was listening. In well, I'm sure that yeah. So TMR to to people new to you, Zoe, is the Thinking Moms Revolution. Is that still active? The Thinking Moms no, Revolution. No, uh, we still have the website up, but the organization has dissolved. Okay, you guys are all just too busy doing other things, <laughs> being heroes elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I really like about you, Zoe? It's really fun kind of talking with you because I sense within us we we still have a little bit. We have very much common ground. We go in the same direction. We still have a little bit different views. I'm a little bit more on the conservative side and you're a little bit more on the liberal side. And I, I like I like how it makes both of us yeah. talk through things. I think this is really a good energy between us. This is the sort of dialogue that needs to happen. And I you think know? that's true for everyone. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I, 
it makes me crazy that people won't talk to somebody who believes something different. Right. And right. that's not how it should work. We should yeah. be able to talk to each other and find a common ground that is helpful and yes. is going to further yeah. our goals. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And no, that's not the time, is it? Is it really 22 already? Good heavens, I feel like we just started this hour and we're already, okay, I wanted to show you a couple other things real quick. Um, first of all, let's see, I wanna show you that, that some of the type of, uh, oops, we've got a funny thing there. Um, in Washington state in particular, there's a whole new sort of thing. This isn't really a Twitter dump with behind the scenes Twitter files. This is Ari Hoffman who is on the radio out in Washington state. And he did a public records request. And what he has discovered is that before the governor put vaccine mandates on um, certain state workers and before the King County Public Health did, uh, Jeff Duchin did certain mandates, they were well aware that the shots were not preventing infection or transmission. They knew that about the shots. And he's got all of the, that follow the science and data. Snohomish County officials in a July 30th, 21 email with chief of Seattle and King County Public Health, Jeff Duchin discusses breakthrough cases a week before Democrat Governor Jay Inslee instituted vax mandates claiming it would stop the spread. So it's been fabulous. You can, you know, he's got this great reveal of, of things and he keeps bringing things out that he's discovered. And this new free, um, uh, this new free Twitter is allowing these conversations to take place. And there's also been some, like a couple of days ago, there was a seven and a half hour discussion, audio of doctors and some of them um, that were like against the, the COVID shots for some age groups, but not all. And then there were people completely like against the COVID shots, right? Yeah, and but it was this range, a broader range of voices than I'd ever heard talk. And it was a seven and a half hour conversation of people checking in and joining the conversation, civil debate, civil scientific debate. It was so refreshing. Yeah. So then the other thing that I, I, I noticed when I was looking around in there, this is really huge. Um, a vaccine injured person, a woman named Michelle Zimmerman on Twitter. She was injured in 2020 by the Janssen, by the Johnson Johnson. Um, let's see. So where's the first one? Here we go. It So... She had written to VAERS because she's got a, she submitted an, uh, an original VAERS file report about what happened to her, you know, right after she got the shot and had certain symptoms. But then so she's her been, doctor uh, didn't submit one. She had to submit her own. Is that? If I'm remembering it right, yes, yeah, she submitted her okay. own, but then she continues to submit updates. She got okay. it not. And they're at, supposed to. You know, doctors supposed are to. supposed to do that. Yep. Well, but she didn't get it at a doctor's. I got it at a mask right, clinic. Right, right. But the doctors she oh, see are supposed to do it. But, um, you know, it's one of the, so she reported it, but then and kept reporting updates because her health spiraled after that first. It kept getting worse and worse. Um, so she wrote to them and said, 
what happens to all the updates? And it says, this is from VAERS. They say VAERS data available to the public include only the initial report data to VAERS. Right. Updated data, which contains data from medical records and corrections reported during follow-up, are used by the government for analysis. However, for numerous reasons, including data consistency, these amended data are not available to the public. This is so concerning. How many people, their shoulder really hurt and they got a fever and they felt a little dizzy, and that's reported, what gets reported to their... And then the next day they're in the ER. And then the next day they, they've been diagnosed with POTS. I was right? just going to say, or a month later they get diagnosed with a POTS. A month later. Yep. And they're continuing to update that. But the people who are going in and doing all of these studies on what's publicly available, they're, they're not getting those initial getting reports. No, that, I, that is so alarming to me. How many of those minor reports initially escalated a week, a month, six months down the road into something really, yeah, really I've wondered bad. about that as well. Yeah, it's the, the record keeping and what we can see of the record, record keeping is just not that good. No, not. Oh, that that's just that's that's way better than I would have described it. Yeah, not that an good. Understatement. I tend to understate. <laughs> you, <do. laughs> you, you must have a little British blood in you. Oh, it's not that good. <laughs> no, by Job. Boy, the water is coming all the way up to the ceiling. That's not that good. I, I have a horrible accent. <laughs> My, I think maybe we've got a situation on our hands. <laughs> Well, I so I, I thought that that was um, I thought that was really important that people really need to know that. So not only do is there underreporting to VAERS, but what is there is not current for each individual report. <sighs> Have you ever seen the records too, where occasionally you'll see patient died? Yes. Long term, no. Or chronic, no, you know no. what? <laughs> I know it's, it's what? serious. No, <laughs> yeah, no, not serious. They, they um, just died. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I I created a meme, and I'm sure there's many many memes out there, but it it it's got a picture of a tombstone on it, and and then I've got the person's name is I'm a believer, and and then in quotes it's their last words, and the last words were good thing I got those five shots. And those two courses around Desivir. Or the out how bad it would be if I, <laughs> I know, right? The outcome would have been much worse. <laughs> okay, I mean, dark they, humor. This is the black humor thing. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I don't mean to offend people who have lost loved ones to this. Um, we're seeing a lot, unfortunately, too, of the, the people who say, you know, anti-vaxxers should not be allowed to whatever, or they're they're all dying or whatever. And then, of course, you see. It's not, of course, necessarily, yeah. but we are seeing it happen that these people who have said these things are often the ones who are dropping dead. And oh, that's happening more and more, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, a lot yeah. of people who've said things like that have died suddenly in the last year and a half and no explanation. Yeah. No, um, and for the most part, probably no autopsy. <laughs> Yeah. And it, it's it's concerning. Now, I don't know what's going on in, in Washington state. There's an individual who's been attempting to get the current death data up to 2021. They usually release it like 
a couple of months at the after yeah. the year ends. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying it's going to be a year and a half before that data will be available. Where the 2021 data is yeah. available. Yeah. So what's going? What are they hiding? What's going on? Right. It well, used have you to read be unknown. Oh, I haven't. Yeah. Um, the statistics that they quote from various databases are very concerning. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm understating. They're terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Just plain old terrifying. Yeah. Well, you know, we got we got like just the the last few minutes here, and I don't want to leave our listeners with terrifying. Because you know, I still am that Pollyanna, and I still believe we should take care of each other, and I don't want anybody, you know, hurt. But I want people hopeful. I don't, I don't like to think that I'm so naive that I don't understand that they're suffering and that people need help. Right. But we've we've got to all be brave. And I encourage people on this New Year's Eve Eve to think about what your resolution will be on New Year's Eve for the coming year. And, you know, when you do find yourself in a situation where it's going to put yourself a little bit outside your comfort zone to, to stand in your truth or make a particular decision, I encourage you to do it. Make 2023 the year that you're going to like take little baby steps outside your comfort zone. Have you and ever seen that, that, that graphic of the mm -mm. your you, your comfort zone, the little mm -hmm. circle, and then outside it, where the magic happens? Oh, yeah. Outside <laughs> your comfort zone. And yeah. it's true. We're not going to get to the magic yeah. unless we step outside right. that comfort zone and we expand right. it. And, you know, there's a difference. Let's talk about just real quick, the difference between your comfort zone and your gut instinct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're, when you're in tune with yourself, you can have your gut saying, this is the right thing to do. And your comfort zone saying, no, 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 don't do that. You're scared. You know, your knees will yeah, shake. Absolutely. Um, you'll make a fool of yourself. The, that voice, that's comfort zone voice you know, we have to do that breathing and listen to that gut instinct, that mama voice, that pop voice, that in tune with um, voice. And years ago, I think I've told listeners this before, it was legislative session and there was something, uh, there was a senator I wanted to talk to. And I just, I, I was putting a lot of weight on myself because you have like 10 minutes. Yeah. It's like what out of a 10,000? Get, get, get your elevator day. speech, right? Right. How do you say something that you hope makes Has an impact? Because it's so important for them to truly understand this subject. And so I was there with a naturopath and he said, go find a patch of grass and take off your socks and shoes. And so that's what I did. I went found a patch of grass and took off my socks and shoes and, and breathed and connected with the earth. I did the grounding thing. And, and just try to find that inner voice, that inner space, because my comfort zone, my fear, my head was dominating. And I needed my inner self, my gut to dominate, to, to, to listen to still. And then when I went in, um, I was able to sit down and say, okay, I can do this, you know? Um, oops, my ears coming out. So I do encourage people to, to experience that. If it's something new to you, um, or if you're already on this journey, make bigger, bigger, bolder steps, and you're going to find yourself so empowered. 
sometimes it's really amazing to me. I mean, moved to Tennessee and I, I landed in a place where there were already some great activists that, that had great relationships. There's already legislators here, you know, that already understood some foundational stuff. I was working in a dream environment. But, you know, still, you you always go a little bit outside your comfort zone doing this and doing that. And then sometimes I think about it, the fact that this is the first state in the United States to have ivermectin available over the counter. Yeah. And I yeah. think about all the places where whew, I'm going to text somebody that I'm a little nervous to text. I'm going to I'm going to go speak about this. I'm going to set something up that I've never done before. I had to do a lot of those little things, you know. I talk a good talk, people, but I get a little nervous just like everybody else. I mean, even before every radio show, I'm a little bit nervous, right? Yeah. But then I feel so empowered that individuals, that mama bears, that everyday average citizens can make a difference. You all can make a difference. Everybody listening to this. So a couple of things. Informed Choice Washington needs you. This show is on the air because of donations. So thank you for all the donors. Some give a little, some give a lot. We pay for this show to be on the air. So it's live on AM radio in the Puget Sound region. And then it comes to CHD. They generously stream it there as well. Um, Jan January 9th, Show up at the Capitol between 11 and 1 and let them know we're going to do some chanting. We've got some speakers, a little music. We want people inside those, those walls to know that we are proud Americans. We're not going to be walked on. Um, and we want medical freedom. So, Zoe, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Okay, uh, everybody, you've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. Uh, happy New Year, all. Make it a be brave New Year. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Brian Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PGI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PJI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit pji.org. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. 
My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.